Hi, and welcome to Health, Wealth and the Pursuit of Happiness, a podcast that will empower you to live a more inspired life and find real freedom. Each episode, Mark Dale Mazer and Aries Jimenez discuss best life practices, covering topics ranging from health and well-being, to true wealth and our relationship to money, to understanding what real freedom and happiness really is. They provide tools and a system for helping you live a balanced, authentic life in complete harmony with your mind, body and soul. Greetings and salutations to all of our peeps. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Not too bad. Hi, everyone. We're happy to be here with you. And we are going to have a really interesting conversation today. In our last episode, we discussed self-worth and we talked about it in terms of definitions and in terms of the body of work that's out there on the subject. We touched on a lot of things because it is super important as it relates to our overall well-being. Today, we take a personal deep dive with each of us regarding our own perceptions of our self-worth and how we are kind of dealing with and moving through our growth in the area of our own self-worth. And so this was really born out of a conversation that both areas and I had as needing really a follow-up in this regard because where the rubber meets the road is how we all deal with things. And that's what we wanted to authentically and honestly kind of share how we're dealing with it. Yeah, I, I would say my, my hope, obviously, with the podcast is to be able to share things of value. And with that, we're able to do some research and share some information and some things that I've come across or that we've learned. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of value in sharing our own personal experiences with all of you as well as you know to just show that we're in the same boat we're human we deal with the same type of challenges and struggles but what does that look like for us and you know how are we working through it how have we grown from it so i'd like to take a chance for this episode to be able to have a more personal discussion about this whole concept of self-worth and kind of some personal experiences or where we're at with it. Exactly. Yeah, I think be good. So let's take the barriers down. Let's go bare naked here emotionally <laughs> and be really honest on how we're dealing with it. So I was actually very excited about doing this episode when you shared this idea with us, both of us for, for doing it. And I think the reason I really wanted to do it is I thought it would actually help me get better in touch with sort of where I am in my own self-worth. And so how interesting is it that as soon as we make an intention and a commitment to doing that, and of course I've always felt and had this vision, if you will, of having a super strong, healthy vision of my own self-worth, whatever that is. And I've always felt like, well, I think I have a decent baseline, but I've had enough experience living and being in situations where I've really questioned at times, like, what do I really think of myself that I'm reacting a particular way or thinking a particular way, or which is usually self-judgment, self-criticism, just really being extremely hard on myself. 
and asking the question, well, why am I that way? Am I that way because my parents were that way with me? I mean, where am I getting that from? And I've always been a believer that much of our behavior is based on a combination, and I still feel this way, some, some mix of karmic past, DNA, and then the actual living experience that we have in the social structure, family structure, society structure, whatever it is that we're living in. And those around us help shape our beliefs and have a very strong role in that. Absolutely. But it doesn't change the fact that we are responsible for our well-being. If we want a higher state of well-being and health, whatever's in that mix, it is up to us to do it. Got to take ownership. And we got to take ownership, exactly. So this is where it starts for both of us. Talk about it, be open about it, self-examine. The life unexamined is not worth living. Lord knows we're doing a plenty self-examination. So I have a little personal story to share, if, if, I, if I may, and you know a little bit about it. Yeah. So on the heels of our decision to make this thing happen, I happen to have learned about the, the passing of an individual that I had really hoped to grow and learn from. This was a wonderful human being that I hired as a coach along with his wife some several months ago. And I had so much benefit from him and just really cherished the engagement, cherished the time with he and his wife. We did two hours a month, we did it for six months, and it had a very strong positive impact on me. I learned a couple of weeks ago that, that he passed away and that they, the organization that he was part of was doing this virtual memorial for him. And they asked for volunteers to step up if anybody wanted to share a few words. And I immediately signed up because I just thought this guy was just so huge for me in such a short period of time. And I felt like I need, I need to say something in acknowledging him. So I did. So the service was set up there were about 20 of us that had signed up and each of us had three to five minutes to share. And I wasn't sure exactly what to share because I didn't have a long history, but I just at least wanted to share some highlights from my experience with him in the consulting engagement. And so I wrote something out. It was about a little, about a page. Okay. And my plan was, I'm just going to read from it. And so the moment comes I get on this virtual online memorial service. The host kicks it off and does a wonderful job as I knew he would. Extremely present, very loving, very warm, and very generous with his time and and opening up to the best that he could a safe container for everyone to share. And so it turns out I'm about 15th on the list. So I've got some time to kill here while I'm listening to everybody. And so they begin to proceed through the list and everyone is taking their three to five minutes. And I notice about six or seven into it that everybody that has shared thus far has had this long history, anywhere from like 10, 20 plus years. 
where they've known this individual, and they've had just the most amazing things to share about him. I mean, it was, and I'm sure you've gone to a few funerals over your life. I certainly have had many. And one or two or three people stand before the congregation and and share some words. I've done it for my father-in-law, my stepfather-in-law, and plan on doing it for certainly others in my family if there's the opportunity. But I've never been in the presence of a service like this where it turns out there were 25 people of us that shared. That's a lot of people. Dude, it was like a really amazing experience. And I was emotionally really kind of going through it as I was going and listening from one presenter to the other. Well, I'm now getting a little uncomfortable with the fact that everybody's sharing from the heart and they've got these long, wonderful stories and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm starting to already struggle with the fact that, gosh, am I going to like be on par with these people? And now the spiraling downhill stuff starts happening with me internally. The inner dialogue. The inner dialogue that, oh my gosh, what I have this, I felt like I didn't even belong there. I never even met the guy personally, okay? In person. I never even met him personally. Everybody else, they're like, They've known him for years and they've done all these things with them. And so I'm feeling extremely uncomfortable. Finally, someone comes on this, this woman comes on who says, I only met this, you know, this person for a 10 or a 15 minute conversation at an FPA meeting. But in those 10 or 15 minutes that we talked and we had some follow-up afterwards, I really learned some things. Okay. So I'm going, oh, thank God. Okay. There's at least someone there. But she, again, she, nothing is scripted. Everybody's just sharing from the heart. So now I'm A, comparing myself against this body of experience of which I have nothing to light a candle to. And that everyone is not scripting. Everything is just shared from the heart. It's so crazy. So I am literally going through this thing just kind of like, okay, maybe I just kind of sneak out. And when it's my, you know, so when it's my turn, <laughs> he'll ask for me and I don't show up which had happened with someone previously already that they, they weren't, weren't there. there. They weren't yeah, there. They weren't there. Something may have come up. Who knows? Whatever. You're going to say your internet connection like <laughs> dropped you or something <laughs> <Exactly>. like that. <laughs> so actually the guy before me did have a problem with his internet. And so you couldn't see his face on the zoom like everybody else. So he had to just go over the phone. But again, you know, everyone is saying such eloquent things and my thing isn't really eloquent. It's just, I kind of, I mean, what can you say other than, you know, he shared some really good ideas with me and share those ideas and I'd be done in literally 15 seconds. So I kind of made a little story. It was a cute little story. So it comes to me and don't ask me why I did this, but I felt like I wasn't comfortable going off script. So I'm going by the script. So I went off script and I just started randomly talking, bouncing to a few words here and there on my script, which I had in front of me. And it was clumsy. And I, and I could just feel my, my energy draining because I feel like, okay, now I've lost my place. Right. And I'm like- Starting to panic confused. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like jumping all over the map. And so then I go into, this is the thing that really took me down, but I didn't understand it at first. And this is the interesting thing, at least my own experience with my self-worth is I don't necessarily always understand exactly why I'm, why I'm feeling bad about myself. Like, what did I actually say? This is the thing that was so interesting. So I get to this one point, and then I'll deconstruct. So I get to this one point 
where I just decide to kind of up the energy. I had this little sideline story, which I didn't even put in my script because I didn't think it was really right to do. But what do I do? I go there. And so I'm sharing these these thoughts and definitely some of the some of my comments were good. And they were heartfelt. And I felt that sincerely. So that was good. But I felt I needed to go on. And so I had this harebrained idea in the middle of speaking that, oh, I'd make this reference about how this individual had shared this sentence with me. Kind of a summation of my rambling, telling me what I ultimately wanted to do. And Aries, you know what I'm talking about with respect to I want to have different conversations with people, which sounds so like, okay, whatever. But for me, that was a game changer. It just framed my entire reason for being. The type of work you want to be around doing. Around conversations. Yeah. Not deliverables, not particular outcomes, but really it's the conversations leading to the deliverables and leading to the outcomes, okay? So I wanted to emphasize how strong and how meaningful it was. And so I remember this scene in a movie between these two characters in the movie Moonstruck, Olivia Dukakis, and I can't remember the exact name of the actor. Are you familiar with the movie Moonstruck? No, I'm not. I've never oh, seen it's it. It's a great movie. It's with Cher. It's, a, it's probably like 20 plus years old, but she's sitting in her parlor in her, in her home, and the guy that wants to actually marry Cher, or in the character in here, her name is Loretta, is coming over to tell her that he can't marry her. He just got back from Italy. His mother was going to die. Now she's alive and he can't marry her. And he's one of these like super mousy-like characters. And I, I think the actor's name is Danny Aiello or something like that. So <laughs> Oliva Dukakis is like sitting in front of him and he goes, and her husband, the character in this movie, has been cheating on her. So she's very distraught. And so the two of them are sitting in the parlor and the Danny character is like sweating because he doesn't want to tell Loretta's mother or Loretta that he doesn't want to marry them. He's just saying, I have something very important to share with Loretta. And because she wasn't home, he's just going to sit there and wait for her to come home. So he's talking to Olivia Dukakis. And Olivia says, let me ask you a question. Why do men cheat on their wives? And he doesn't know what to say. So he goes, I don't know. And she makes another comment and he goes, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. Because they fear death. Like this random, right? <laughs> totally random. Okay. For her, right. the light goes on. It does. And she goes, oh my God, that's it. Thank you. Thank you for that. So she is like totally beside herself that someone has like just given her this revelation. Right. She has this aha moment. Exactly. And that's what it was for me with this individual. So I'm going through the actual play-by-play scene in this movie. On yeah, on, on virtual, your message, on the right, virtual thing. Which I got to tell you. So I'm like halfway through it and I'm going seriously to myself, what am I doing? You're like, what am I talking about? What am I doing? <laughs> what am I talking about? This is like so out of, it's like so inappropriate. It's like so out of bounds. But I had to finish, so I finished it. And then I, I kind of like composed myself. And then I went right back to the script for the last two paragraphs. <laughs> because at least I closed on a strong note. But here's the thing. 
I feel like I've really made an idiot out of myself. And what did I say at the conclusion of our last episode? My words of exhortation to our listening audience. Hey, put down the judgment sword. Well, I got to tell you, at this point in time, the sword is raised, the <laughs> head's in the guillotine, <laughs> and it's coming down big time. On yourself. Big time on myself. Self. And I can't stop it. It has become an avalanche of self-criticism, self-loathing, embarrassment, and all these people. Okay? There are 70 people on this call. Now, granted, probably only maybe, I don't know, half a dozen knew me. It didn't matter. Just two of the more important people, three of the more important people that knew me were on this call. Yeah. And I just felt so low. And so you remember, I walked into your office shortly thereafter and you said, dude, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know what I look like, but I know I didn't feel good. Yeah. You looked a little, a little drained. I was was drained from the event and then double, triple drained from that experience that I went through. From the self-criticism. And I could not, I could not stop it. I could not stop it. And I didn't know how to deal with it. And what's so interesting is that as far as I've come over the last three or four years in my spiritual growth and being able to honestly handle things that would normally cause me to spin out, but somehow this thing was the right mix that it brought me right back down to my lower self and I couldn't, I couldn't find my way out of it. But when, when you came into my office and we, we talked about it because like, Hey, what's going on? And was asking you some questions. I mean, ultimately what came out of it was you felt like you weren't worthy enough to be on the call because you started comparing yourself to all these other Correct. people that, so that knew was, him. Right. And that you're trying to, you're comparing what what you're going to say about them to what they were saying, as well as you had mentioned yeah. too that you had yours scripted and you saw other people that they didn't have anything scripted and they're just going off the fly and they're just so you know articulate and just the way they were talking about them. And that's where I was at that level. But I got to tell you, I was so disturbed by it. And you know, for me, I've had many times where I feel like, okay, I've definitely crossed the line here. Crossed the line from the standpoint of, I went from, okay, healthy, but had a rough time (laughs) to now I'm spinning out. And I'm now at a point where I'm, I'm like a little bit wacko here with it, seriously. Where I've kind of crossed the line into that unhealthy territory. And that the repercussions for this are going to be challenging and that I need to kind of get to the bottom of this. So for me, it was an opportunity. And because everything happens for us, I did immediately, I shouldn't say immediately, but after a period of time, about an hour or so, and then we talked. By the time I kind of walked out of your office, I was clearly, okay, I know that I created this situation for myself. It happened for me, and in this is a lesson. And so I spent the better part of the next two solid days really digging into this thing for myself. Both in my meditation time and my normal waking time, I talked about it with Catherine that night, which really helped. And the more I talked about it, the more I kind of realized where a lot of this stuff was really coming from. And I do think, and that's why I'm talking about it on this show, is it was my self-worth. 
And I think there were still, you know, I think we go through layers of depth of issues that we start to sort of bring to the top. And I remember in an earlier Kundalini class when I was first starting it, and the instructor said, the instructor went through why we're doing this particular mantra chant in this Kriya. He said, you know, when you start Kundalini yoga, you go through a period where, ah, everything's a feel-good thing. But that's just preparing you for what is to come because the deeper you go with it, eventually you get down to the bottom of the barrel where the real crud sits. Right, the junk. From the time that you've been either from previous lives or from the time you were born or whatever it is. It's old, deep, cruddy stuff. And I really knew that that's where this was coming from. And so it was really, I felt my responsibility to just acknowledge what it is, see it for what it is. And for what it is for me and what it was for me really was this not measuring up. And the thought that if I demonstrate that I'm not worthy enough or good enough or of caliber or of, because the thing that I was really struggling with was that some people that are important to me in this group represent people that I want to really deepen a relationship with. And I want to become sort of part and in support and making more of a contribution to the things that they're doing in the world. And so logically, in my small self and in my little mind, okay, I almost felt like I was like six years old going through this experience. Like you wanted to impress them? Yeah, that I was really literally acting like my grandchildren when they're in a situation that they just really, I don't know how to deal with it emotionally. And so they're like going off on all cylinders. (laughs) And seriously, here I am feeling like I'm doing this older adult version of it. Yeah. And it was extremely uncomfortable and it was extremely painful. And I really thought that I was just you know, making such a fool of myself that I was not going to measure up. And so now I've come to this conclusion, what do I do with it? Where do I go with this thing? And so I then slowly began to forgive myself and to just let go of the judgment. And it was very hard to do for the first couple of days. But I've at least been through enough of these cycles less intensively. This was about as intense as I've had in a long time because I think so much was on the on the line for me here on so many different levels, and that's why. It, it was very weighty. And I think for me to take the next level of growth, it, it needed to be something very weighty. And so from that point, the mechanics that I went through were really acknowledging who I truly am, the essence of who I am, and that in the presence of universal love and in the presence of the creator of all the universe, I was not being authentic in that judgment and that the essence of who I am would never would never be that. So you, you had to remind yourself that. Right. And I had to reinforce that for myself. And I had to put all the speculation out of my mind with respect to what other people were clearly thinking of me. Clearly, of course they were, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. But the reality is, so I did two things therapeutically. One is I wrote, I immediately wrote one email to the host of the show, of the memorial, 
And in that, pretty much acknowledged and thanked him for the opportunity and apologized that maybe I went a little bit overboard. I was not as critical and self-effacing. Is that the right word? I don't know. Self-effacing of myself or defacing. But nevertheless, I wrote it out. I just let it sit. Then the other, then the actual partner and wife of the individual that was related to the deceased, I wrote her something, put it on the side, didn't send either of them initially. But it was helpful to kind of go through the process of then writing out what I felt in a professional way and being somewhat contrite and apologetic if anything I said or did was inappropriate or offensive in any way, blah, blah, blah. Which brought me a little bit of comfort. But at the end of the day, what was interesting was, first I was very apologetic coming from the space that I, hey, you know what? I acknowledge I was a complete idiot. And I do apologize if there's anything that I did or said that really like offended you or blah, 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 blah. blah. But over the course of 24 hours, I looked at it the next day. I edited both of them. I decided I didn't necessarily need to send one to her. I sent one to the host. I didn't expect to hear back anything, but I did hear back, which was just pretty much a thank you. And then an invitation to talk further about one of the things that I had emailed them earlier about many, many weeks ago, kind of coming back to that saying, we should really talk about that. And again, at the end of the day, so much of this experience, I'm sure so blown out of proportion. I can't even really, at this point, imagine how far out of proportion it was blown. But the bottom line is, it was a battle. It was a battle for two solid days. And I even had it revisited in my mind randomly over the weekend. The event actually happened this past Tuesday, so it's been almost a week before it's kind of somewhat completely out of my system. Whatever value there is to that story, I think that the lesson here is, is that when we have the opportunity to go deep in understanding or experiencing the pain when we don't feel worthy, don't run from that. Because I think there's great value, like anything that we fear and anything we don't want, to just look at it in the mirror, acknowledge it for what it is, and then take the reins and the responsibilities to simply change it and take a step in that right direction, which I think I've done through the inner work. Asking yourself the question, like, why? Exactly. Why do I feel this way? Right. Yeah. Right. So I've been a little more long-winded than I expected to be, but I wanted to share that that recent story and really kind of underscore the importance that all of us should undertake with respect to knowing kind of where we are on the scale of our own self-worth and not accepting anything less than what it should be, which is a pretty darn high self-worth statement for yourself. Yeah. How about you, my friend? Well, first of all, a couple of things. One is any comments on hearing the story that you'd like to share And then secondly, following up with sort of how you have personally dealt with and handled and grown through your self-worth. And regarding your story, I mean, nothing that we haven't talked about already. Anything that would be of help to our listening audience? Because you had some very helpful things in counsel to share with me when I initially shared what the experience was all about. 
I mean, I would say one, thank you in terms of I'm glad I was able to help you through that. But I think I think that's one thing is that when you do feel, you know, a certain way about yourself or being self-critical, I think, you know, there's one thing to do to be able to kind of talk yourself through that, right? But then I think you do need to turn to somebody that you trust who truly knows who you are, who loves you unconditionally, right? Right. To kind of help you explore that and ask the right questions, you know, to help you be, help you realize that maybe why you're feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say, and I'm glad and I appreciate the opportunity to be able to be that for you, but Mm -hmm. I think we all need that. We do. Whether it's our significant other, a close friend, a mentor, a coach, whoever, just, you know, being vulnerable and just being honest, like, hey, I'm struggling with this, but, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you have someone in your life to help you through that. Yeah. Well, you were a big help and Catherine certainly was a big help. But I do remember the one question you asked initially when I shared a particular feeling and you said, well, why do you think that is? That was sort of like my open door to now more asked Forget about the experience for the moment, but why am I feeling this way? Yeah. Okay? Right. Because I was so into the experience and the judgment part, and I was feeling it, but it's like you feel it, but you need to kind of stop the noise and really zero in on the feeling, and that's what your question really did for me, is it took me out of myself momentarily so I could just really feel it. And once I actually did start to feel it, Interestingly, then more of the insights and the senses about what was really happening there came out. And so, yeah, that was that, the process was very interesting. Yeah, and once you, once you try to start explaining your, your feelings, because I know sometimes it's hard to pinpoint. Yeah. You exactly. just kind of, you can go all over the place, but I mean, I think all of that stuff is worth talking about, yeah. whatever comes out of that. Yeah, yeah. for real. Yeah. You know, for me, I would say when I think about this whole self-worth conversation, I know for me personally, I mean, I've had my own struggles with it. And when I think about it, I know we touched on this in the last episode, but I think a lot of it really does have to do with, you know, when we're born and, and growing up, you know, you have people in your lives and they share their input, they have their opinions Right. And, and about you, whether you're doing things that are good and, you know, they're giving you encouragement or they're not. And so I think based off of that, I think naturally we tend to look outside and look at other people as to how they view us. And then we we put truth to that. You know, we, we think that's truth, whether that's good or bad. Right. If they're saying something positive or negative about us. And so I think it's just for me, just being aware of that, man, I remember, you know, cause I'm looking at this kind of the top five factors that we listed that came from that, that article. Yeah. And, you know, again, just to touch on them briefly, their appearance, net worth, like who, you know, or social circle, you know, what you do or your career, and then, you know, what you achieved. And I think about each and every single one of those. And, you know, as an example, in terms of appearance i mean i remember from a from an early age just just being in elementary school kind of having that awareness or just putting a lot of weight as to like how i look the clothes that i'm wearing i mean i remember looking at some of the older kids in school and 
you know, they're wearing starter jackets or cascade jackets or they're wearing certain overalls and these brands. And so like you pick up on that and you're like, you know, we're like, man, I want that too. I guess that's, you tend to put a lot of value in that because other people, other people are putting value in that. You don't really question, question that, right? So I definitely, you know, looking back at it, it's something that's, that's very interesting. And then I would say in terms of net worth and just financially, right? Like I decided to pursue the career that I'm, that I'm in now. One, because I felt like I was being spirit led into it. But I think another part of that too was, you know, I think I wanted to kind of create and build wealth for myself too, right? Like there's other people that were living a certain lifestyle. Again, just based off of the, the appearance of their lifestyle, the houses, the cars, I mean, all those different things. And you're like, you know, that sounds sounds like a great life. Like I want I want that too, right? So pursuing this career in in wealth management, financial planning, now life planning, you know, I, I look at that and I think it's very natural for me to one, because we're helping other people with their their financial lives, is to look and compare like, okay, this is where they're at and then this is where I'm at. And, you know, am I on track or am I not saving it enough? I don't have enough invested. I haven't created enough of a net worth. So I think those are easily natural thoughts that cross my mind. But then you got to just kind of check yourself and just be okay in terms of where I'm at in the journey. And at some point, hopefully I'll, I'll get there or my journey might look totally different. Does it mean that I'm not going to live a meaningful life, right? So those are some of the the thoughts that that kind of come to mind for me. I don't know if you have any other like specific questions, but I mean those were some things that I thought about as it relates to kind of self self-worth. Yeah, I I would say to add to that really quick, I would say for me it's I've gotten that awareness that it it truly is a it's a lifelong struggle between kind of the external and some of those those things that I mentioned. I, I, I view those things as external and then with your your internal, which is kind of your you know, your your healthy self worth. Right. But we live in this world where I think there is the external and the internal. So you just gotta acknowledge both. And I'm at a place now where I still acknowledge, like in terms of appearance, right? Like I still like nice things. There's there's a certain, if I'm to be true to myself, like, you know, there's certain things that I like or how I want to dress, right? That means something to me. But it's also acknowledging that all of that stuff is fine, but just making sure that you put that in its place, that that doesn't define who I am, Right. But I think, you know, there's kind of that balance and just making sure that you're at a you're at a point where it's healthy, right? Like I think it is important. Like as a parent, I think about that. Growing up, my parents wanted me to dress a certain way. They wanted me to comb my hair. You know, if I woke up, they wanted to make sure I brushed my teeth and that I didn't have crust in my <laughs> eyes, right? Like and I remember getting scolded or like being told I needed to do this or that. And I'm I'm doing that right now as, as a parent for my boys. Right. And that there's value in that, though. You got to put that in its place. Like, you know, you don't want to go into the world. You want to go into the world like looking your best self, like taking care of yourself. And so you want to do those things. 
but you don't want to be you don't want to be so consumed with your appearance that you let it affect other things that in my opinion are more important right in terms of like what you value and i think that's part of the lifelong journey is learning those lessons and putting things in its in their proper places but knowing that everything has value but what type of value yeah and in what order yeah yeah cool I mean, was there any particular experience in your adult years that kind of shook you a bit with respect to your self-worth or you got very challenged in a situation or a conversation? Absolutely. I would say the first time I ever had to have a conversation about my compensation. Mm. And And I imagine all of those that are listening, I'm sure you could relate too, but knowing that I'm bringing value or, you know, I'm worth something, but then almost feeling like the monetary piece to it, what you're getting paid for and the things that you're doing, they don't really align. And for me, there's a disconnect. Yeah. And even going into and having that conversation with, you know, the owner of your, you know, your firm or your boss or whatever, and asking for like a pay raise and saying, Hey, I'm worth more, Mm -hmm. more than this. Right. I think to me, that was a very big, I won't say turning point, but it was, that was definitely a big challenge. I felt like there was that struggle internally and externally and how do I navigate through this and why do I feel this way? You know, what can I do to kind of change my situation or change the way I feel or, or view, view it? So I, I would say that that's a big one, putting a lot of value in terms of putting value in how much you're getting paid or how much you're feeling undervalued because you're not getting paid enough, right? For sure. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about it now? Because I think this is something, I've gone through that off and on for much of my adult life. And I guess the question is, is there a self-worth issue at the moment for you tied up in what you're currently earning? I would say yes, still. And, and the reason I say yes is, you know, for me right now in terms of how I've kind of grown from, from that and, you know, back to this whole concept of like unique ability and just every person in this world is of value and that we have something to bring into this world to others. I think based off of that, I would make this statement that we're all priceless, right? Okay. As individuals, as spiritual beings. Yeah. But. I think where the conversations, the internal dialogue that I'm having and the the challenges that I'm trying to work through is, okay, well, if I have a unique ability, how much of that am I actually bringing into this world, right? And and bringing value to those around me with the type of work that I want to do. So me putting a lot more value on, on what I'm actually doing and how I'm being in the world. But then at the same time too, I almost feel like, I have this opportunity to then also monetize that too, to be able to, you know, to convert that value into into money. And so when I think about that, I feel like I still got a lot more room to grow regarding that. You know, I haven't really scratched the surface just yet. And so those are still kind of the thoughts that or the feelings that I'm having towards value, my internal self-worth, right? 
and kind of what's external like how does that show up externally in the world too so i mean those are the things that i've been thinking yeah, that's, about that's an interesting concept yeah those so does that answer your question it somewhat does and i guess my other follow-up question is from a feeling standpoint are you feeling good about your self-worth in relation to the income I would say in terms of the the amount of income that I make right now, I feel good in the sense that I'm able to provide for my family. Mm-hmm. Just the basic okay. just the basic needs. Yeah. Where in the past when I had that conversation and I was going through kind of that challenge, I felt like I wasn't even there. Like I was still struggling to kind of kind of get to the point where I felt like I was taking care of what I needed to. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so I felt like I definitely needed to grow there. But from where things stand right now, I make enough to put food on the table, to have shelter, to buy certain things, mm-hmm. all the needs. And there's there's definitely, obviously, there's always going to be wants. Sure. But just because I don't have the things that I want, I don't feel unsatisfied, if okay. you will. I guess where I feel more unsatisfied is really, really isn't tied to the, the money. It's more so tied... I don't feel like I'm bringing like my unique ability into the self. world. Yeah, my yeah. best self. Yeah. But then that's a process though, right? It certainly is, no yeah. matter what sort of structure that you're actually operating in the world in, whether it's within your own business, someone else's business. I mean, it's there's always stuff to work through to get to, to grow, to get to the, the next level. Yeah, the level you want to get to. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at is just acknowledging that. And I still have a ton to grow so I'm definitely looking forward to that and wanting to plan towards that. And But at the same time, it's it's almost thinking like acknowledging kind of where I'm at today too and being okay with that. Because when I look back at the past, I've also seen how much I've grown from where I was at before to where I'm at now. And just reminding myself of that, right? So Because I think we can easily get to a place where we're we're dissatisfied and just making sure we're asking ourselves the question like, yeah, why, why do we feel that way? And is it tied to the external? And okay, if it is, I would change the conversation and it's, and it's more about the internal and just work and working through that to getting back to the healthy place. And then once you're at that healthy place, you know, growing from that and the external stuff will change. Yep. Yeah. So I think if we're tying our self worth to outside things, external experiences, words from others, et cetera, et cetera, I think we're going to set ourselves up for kind of a gap. Right. Where we think we f- want to be feeling about ourselves and where we are. And so I think the only way you bridge the gap is the inside game. And I think it's good that we do you feel that way sometimes to acknowledge that there is a gap. And for no other reason than that you need to work on closing the gap. Yeah, so we know what to work on. And we know how we can close the gap, and we know we can certainly close much more of the gap, if not the entire gap, by going inside and really connecting with who we truly are. Because I'm sure we both have experienced the moments where our self-worth is off the charts coming out of let's say a deep spiritual experience or something or an experience where we're really truly experiencing love in a profound way. 
Well, one of the things that I I just thought of right now that I've that I want to make sure we bring into the conversation was I think a big part of self worth too, because you know, we talked about self confidence, is like how do you build that confidence? Right? Is you know, there's one you could build up confidence through external things, other people telling you and building up, talking you up, building you up, giving you encouragement, doing things that the world recognizes as wow, that's really great. The bar is high for you there. Yeah, but but I would say that a big part of that is is going through difficulty, going through challenge, going through the struggle, and overcoming it, persevering through that, and having the confidence knowing that well, I went through this and it wasn't easy, but I got through it and I grew from it, and knowing that anything that comes your way, like you could take that on too. So that was something that I, that I thought about too, is like we, cause I definitely like, like as a dad and seeing my boys, specifically my, my oldest Avery, you know, he's eight, he's playing basketball right now and he's doing other things, but you know, I know he's confident in certain things, but I also know he's, he's not confident in other things, right? Like a quick example of that was over the weekend. We went to the pool on Friday and he's, he's normally comfortable in the pool. And he got to a place where, you know, he couldn't touch the ground. And, you know, in the past that, that didn't really like affect him too much, but for whatever reason, this time it did. And he kind of panicked and he, he got scared. Right. But I know he knows how to swim though. I mean, he knows how to swim. I'm not sure if he has enough confidence in his ability to swim, and so he, you know, he, he cried, he, you know, he got scared and I had to kind of talk to him and calm him down a little bit and ask him some questions as to why he was feeling that way. And he was just being down on himself. Well, cause I couldn't touch the floor. You know, I, I can't swim. I'm like, son, yes, you can. I mean, we, we went to Hawaii and we we're, we we're snorkeling and you're good. And he was like, no, but I can't touch the ground. So it's really not about him swimming. It's a matter of the fear of he can't touch the ground. So that comfort level was gone, right? It's the confidence, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I just, I held him in the pool and, you know, I was trying to get him to build his confidence. I'm like, all right, see the wall right there? This is where we're at. Swim there. And I was, I was, I was like a little, I was pretty far. And it was like, no, can't do that. And so I just kept getting closer and closer until he was like, all right, do you think you could swim there? And then he did it. I was like, all right, he touched the wall. I'm like, come here. So I grabbed him again and I went a little further away from the wall. All right, can you do that? Yeah. And so it's it's a matter of knowing how much we can, having the confidence because we know how much we, we can handle because we've done it before. I think there's there's a lot, there's a lot to that. And so, you know, I, I think for me personally too, there's so much that we haven't done yet, that I haven't done yet that is uncomfortable, but you won't really know until you try to do it and kind of see where you're at with that, whatever it is. And then, okay, if you fail, okay, just try maybe a little bit, something a little bit easier to kind of build up your confidence and get back to the point where you try that thing again, right? So that was something that just came up recently, which was, yeah, which was meaningful to me. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yep. Anything, anything more, anything else in your own life experience worth sharing on the topic? Self-worth. You know, I mentioned in the previous podcast, 
I've been able to kind of build and have a better or healthier self-worth, not statement, like as it relates to myself, like tying it to kind of my spiritual growth. But I think even with that is, although I am aware of how much God loves me and how unique I am and that, you know, there's value that I have to bring to the world, that there are days where you don't feel that way, like you'd mentioned, and that we all have that inner critic and those voices do come through, whether they're our own voices or voices of other people in the past. But knowing that, okay, we're going to go through those and we just got to remind ourselves. And whether we remind ourselves individually, whether it's through quiet time or, you know, talking ourselves through that or praying or turning to other people that we know, to have them help remind us. I think those are things that we just need to be, just be aware of that it's, it's going to be a constant challenge and a, a struggle throughout life, that, that inner battle. But we have allies on our side. We do have to help allies. us through that. Yeah. We do indeed have the support around us. But we've got to do the one, we got to do the work. We are the ones that need to take the action. And in closing, I think the action step for all of us is to be kind of aware of where we are on some scale of self-worth. And that if we ever catch ourselves thinking or feeling that we're maybe a little bit lower than we'd like to be, ask yourself what that's all about. Because it's choice, whether you want to stay in it or not. Yeah. Or whether you want to work through it. And whether you want to sort of get it behind you so that maybe going forward your self-worth kind of raises another notch or two. Because ultimately, I don't think we can achieve great, perfect health and well-being, abundance and happiness, if we are struggling with self-worth. I just don't think it's sustainable. Well, well, struggling with self-worth is part of the process. Yes, I, I, I mean, would say. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just when I say struggling, there's probably a point with all of us where, like, what I went through was a struggle unlike, let's say, my typical struggle. It was a low point in my struggle. It was a low point in my experience with it. And so for me, I tend to view like there's a bar on a scale that I feel for me is like a baseline. And I just always want to be at that baseline or higher as much as I possibly can. And I feel like when I'm not, that's something I simply want to deal with and not sort of accept or, or be okay with. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I would say for me when I when I think about what you said, it's you know, when I think about life and life, you know, has its peaks and its valleys. And sometimes, you know, again, we're talking about self worth. When you're at a point when you're struggling with that and there's negative feelings around that, it's okay to be there knowing and if you want to stay there. Maybe that's fine. Maybe you're not ready to get past well, it. Well, that would yet. be probably one reason why you're right? not. Right? Yeah. It's not ready yet. But then there you just you just got to think that through that 
there is happiness and joy and all those other things on the other side of that. It's just, you know, we got to get to a place where we need to grow out of that, right? Because, and even when you do and you get to that happy place and you have the joy, something else is going to happen in your life where you're not going to be at that, you're not going to feel that way and you're going to be back back down and you're going to have some negative feelings. I think that's just part of life. I think that's part of growth because you can't, you can't ha- really have one without the other, right? Kind of the th- that whole duality, right? The yin and the yang. So it's just, you know, I bring that up because I there might be s- some of you that maybe are struggling with self-worth more than others, right? And that's fine, but there is, you know, it's just something we, got, we all got to work through, and I believe you will. If you're listening to the, this podcast, you know, my hope is that we're, we're able to help you through some of that. But there is the happiness and the joy and all all that other stuff on the other side as you work through it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And hopefully this conversation has been helpful for others, which is really what the objective was all about in this particular episode. Not necessarily coming to any conclusions and not like great big proclamations of here's the deal with self-worth, folks, but more here's how we're dealing with it here's how we're experiencing it. And for whatever value that is, we have put it out there. So any closing thought? No, I'm good. Thank you all for listening. And we will catch you in the next episode. Till then. Health, wealth, and happiness to all. Some of the concepts and tools used in the process of helping you discover a more balanced and inspired life are provided by the Kinder Institute, Money Quotient, and The Strategic Coach. These may be referenced throughout different episodes of the podcast, and you can learn more about each of them in our show notes at hwph.org. You can also find more information about the work Mark and Aries do at sandiegowealth.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and available directly via email with feedback, questions, and more at us at hwph.org. Thank you all for listening.